Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer real quick, and then we'll delve into God's Word this morning. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these folks that have come out to Bible study, the faithful Lord, uh, that are, are, uh, are wanting the, the milk of the Word. And Father, I just pray that you'd help me to uh, be clear in my speaking, and uh, Lord, just be able to convey the words that you would have me to say. I thank you for uh, Pastor and his, uh, his wisdom, and, and just for his... Uh, uh, asking me to come and teach this morning. And Father, I pray that it would be a profitable time that we leave here saying it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so before we get to our text, which is going to be 1 John 2.16, we're going to start there. We're going to bounce around a little bit. But we're going to, we're going to prove our age here this morning. You know, pastors always talk about the old timers. I guess I'm one of the old timers. Uh, actually, I'm I'm older than he is, um, but better looking. So, uh, <laughs> but who here remembers getting up on Saturday mornings, turning on the TV set when you didn't have a remote and you had rabbit ears, okay? And you used to turn on something called the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour. Anybody remember that? Okay, all right. So some of you younger guys, okay, that's good. All right. And I used to love to watch that, okay, because it, it, was, it was very entertaining, very energetic, and, and there was two main characters uh, in that cartoon. Actually, it's, it's 49 years old yesterday, okay, and Looney Tunes decided they were going to have two characters pretty much in that cartoon. One of them was the Roadrunner, okay, and what did the Roadrunner like? Well, yeah, but he liked birdseed, okay? Obviously, now, he was pretty skinny, but he liked birdseed, okay? And then they brought in the Roadrunner's nemesis, his enemy, okay? And his name was Wiley Coyote, all right? And Wiley Coyote used to try to deceive the Roadrunner every Saturday morning to go and eat that birdseed so that he could come out with one of his Acme weapons, Remember the Acme bombs and all the Acme stuff? He spent a fortune at Acme. He must have had a, like one of those Amazon cards, you know, the Prime. He must have had a membership. But um, every Saturday morning, he would try to catch the Roadrunner, and you know what? To no avail. Why? Because the Roadrunner was smarter than the Coyote was, okay? And he knew that his name was Wiley Coyote for a reason. We, we, we take that word Wiley or Wiles, and it's tricks. It's tricks that are used against us to deceive us. And Wiley Coyote used to deceive, try to deceive the Roadrunner, but the Roadrunner was wise to his tricks. And he never caught, I don't think he ever caught the Roadrunner. I don't think they ever even got close. But he always got some birdseed before he had to get out of there. You know, and the, and the Roadrunner would fall off the cliff and hold up his little sign that said, poof, you know, and, uh, and that was it. But... You know, it's the same thing in a Christian life. As that pastor said this morning, we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and darkness. And we battle against the wiles of the devil, the Bible says. And it's the same thing. He's trying to trick you up. He's trying to deceive you. And you know what the strange thing is? He uses the same tactics over and over and over again. And you know, we as Christians are weak, we're flesh, 
And you know what? Lots of times we just keep falling for those wiles, don't we? You know, and we get back up, and, and like Paul said, you know, uh, I don't do the things I, I should do, and I do the things that I shouldn't do. Oh, wretched man am I who can save me from this body of sin. Okay, we have the same problems. We're all weak. We're all flesh. And the devil knows what buttons to push. He knows your buttons. He knows my buttons. And he has a very good track record of deceiving us, doesn't he? You know, I was thinking about, the pastor was talking this morning about that gentleman that had a drug problem. You know, when he came and he got saved, and of course his, his uh, parents and loved ones decided that they were going to tell him that he was in a cult. And uh, he went back to his life of debauchery. Okay, because the Bible says, as a dog returns to his vomit, okay, so does, uh, 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 I forgot what the verse was, but uh, anyways, we go back to the same thing. And the Bible talks about the lust of the flesh, okay, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, the big three. And this morning, just the few brief minutes that we have, we're going to look at three examples, actually two examples where the devil uses this, and there's many examples throughout the Bible, and there's many examples throughout the congregation where I'm sure you could tell me the story about how the devil might have deceived you at one point. And I just had a, a situation Friday that came up that, that I'll share with you later on um, in the Sunday school lesson, but, but I was actually having a spiritual battle with the devil, okay? Because he was trying, he was up to his old tricks again. And he was using the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Okay, if we look at 1 John 2, verse 16. Got to get my vision adjusted here. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Okay, and who is the father of this world? That's the devil. Amen. All right, and he's walking around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Christian, he wants to devour you. He wants to tear you apart. He wants to, he wants to take your reputation and, and smather it across the world. And so people will look and go, you know, uh, those Christians are just like everybody else, you know? And the devil knows that his time is short. I don't think I ever in my lifetime realized that I would be living in the end times, okay? But if, if we're not there, we're pretty darn close because we can see what's happening throughout the world. And it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And the devil wants to take as many people down as he can with him. He doesn't want to go alone. You know, did you ever see that? You get you talking to somebody and, and uh, you got a point of view and you try to get them, what, on your side because you don't want to go down alone. And that's what we do as, as, as people, okay? We don't want to go, go down alone. But the Bible says that the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are our three enemies. And the devil uses these on a daily basis. I mean, turn on the television set. Well, don't turn on the television set. But if you just happen to turn on the television set, look at the commercials. What are they trying to do? They're, they're, they're trying to promote... The lust of the flesh. Oh, you need this. The lust of the eyes. Oh, isn't this beautiful? 
Isn't this just beautiful? And the pride of life. Okay, if you had one of these, your next door neighbors would be, wow, he's really something. I was, I was uh, watching some uh, Hallmark movies yesterday because it was raining and I wasn't feeling too good. My wife was sick. And uh, you're laughing, brother. <laughs> She's got you, she got you watching those Hallmark movies. <laughs> but, but, you know, watching some of the commercials, it was the same thing. It's like, okay, you need these things, okay? You really want these things. You can't live without these things. And, and if you don't have them, you're not as cool as the Joneses, okay? I used to say that, and I had a pastor who was named Pastor Jones. You know him well, okay? And uh, they live very modestly, so I, I can't use that anymore, okay? It's keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak. But if you take your Bibles and go with me, as soon as I find my place... First, Sam, First Samuel, chapter 11. We're going to see an example of how the devil deceives with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Second Samuel, chapter 11. Second uh, Samuel, yes. Okay, and here we see the story of David and Bathsheba. Most of you know it well. But we're going to take it apart here for a few minutes this morning and see each of these aspects of the wiles of the devil. Because David, a man after God's own heart, was deceived. He allowed his mind to entertain sin. And that's where the devil starts. He allows our minds to entertain sin. And it says here in verse 1, And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and destroyed the children of Amnon and besieged Rabab. But David tarried still in Israel. Come on, folks. David knew he was supposed to be out in battle. Why did he tarry? Because he had entertained sin. David knew what he was going to do. I believe this was premeditated. I can't be dogmatic about that. But you know, sin starts in your mind. It starts in entertaining that thought. And then when you entertain that thought for a long enough time, you think about how you're going to pull it off. And then you start your plan. You start your plan. And that's where the wiles of the devil come in. Because he's planting in your mind the lust of the flesh, I want to do this. Okay? How many of us are a little overweight? Okay? Could lose a few times. Brother, I've been to that restaurant up in, in Mount Grayley, Mount, uh, Mohawk Mountain. Great restaurant. Beautiful, beautiful sights up there. But you know, you start thinking about a cheeseburger grinder. I mean, I just love, I love a good cheeseburger grinder. You start thinking about it. And you say, well, I really shouldn't, I shouldn't eat that cheeseburger grinder, you know. And the next thing you know, you're on the internet looking for the nearest restaurant, okay, that has cheeseburger grinders. And the next thing you know, you're on the phone with DoorDash going, hey, deliver me this cheeseburger grinder, okay? The lust of the flesh, okay? And then you see the picture on the, on the website of the cheeseburger grinder. Man, that thing looks so good, okay? And that's, that's what we do. That's how we... We rationalize things. And David here had come up with a plan 
that that evening he was going to go up on the rooftop because he knew that Bathsheba was there. And I, I, I just have to, when I read this passage of Scripture over and over again, just shake my head and say, David, how foolish could you be? You had everything. You were a man after God's own heart. You had made, you made king. Okay, you were in God's favor. And see, we don't see the consequences, do we? We just see what's going to be there on the front page in front of us. You know, meeting that cheeseburger grinder is probably not good for my weight and it's not good for my heart. But I don't see that or don't think about it when I'm in the midst of it. And we're the same way. David says in, in verse 2, it says, And it came to pass at the evening that David rose from his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the, woman, from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Now, come on, folks. Everybody here lives in a house or an apartment, right? Okay. I hope you do. So, do you know who your next door neighbors are? If one of those neighbors was your best friend or a man of valor, you'd know who it was, wouldn't you? You'd know who it was because you walk out of your house in the morning and you walk over and say, hello, Uriah, how are you? Okay? Hey, Bathsheba, how are you? Having a good day? You know who your neighbors are? This was no surprise to David that she was there. But you know what? He conjured all this up in his mind. He said, I've got a plan. I've got a plan. And the devil came in and allowed him to be tempted. Okay? And he carried out this plan. And I always tell people that one sin leads to another sin, leads to another sin, and it's like a cement truck going down the hill with no brakes. Eventually, you're going to hit the stone wall at the bottom. And David hit the stone wall at the bottom when the prophet said to him, David, thou art the man. He hit the stone wall at the bottom. Do you know what the sad part was? God forgave him. But that relationship was never the same. It was never the same. And we allow sin to come into our lives. And that relationship with God, and we repent of it, and God forgives us. But you know what? It's never the same. Because we sinned against the holy God. And we allowed the devil to trip us up again and again and again and again. And you know, we see that in Genesis chapter 3, if you go there with me in your Bibles this morning. I think I'm going to finish on time, preacher. I got this new Bible, and the pages are so thin, and I have these big fingers, and they don't like thin pages. The Bible says in chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, now the serpent, and we know who that is, that's our enemy, the devil, was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. See, the devil's subtle. He knows what's going on. He knows your weaknesses. He knows how to come around and suddenly plant in those lusts into your life. You know, I, I, uh, it was, uh, I, Daniel is not here, but my brother John Guess used to say to his preacher boys, don't get, don't get too proud, okay? 
Don't get too proud. Um, there was another preacher that used to say to his preacher boys, don't touch the glory. Okay, in other words, walk away from the pulpit. If somebody says to you, that was a great message, you say, well, amen. Okay, don't touch the glory. Don't take it from God. Okay, the devil wants you to feel good about yourself. Okay, but you know what? That glory belongs to God. And I'll show you an example before I finish up today. And it really got me between the eyes. It was kind of like um, that song that talks about 9-11. It says, a mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. You don't see it coming. The Bible catches you off guard. That's why I tell people, know your enemy. Even in war, that's what they tell you. They teach you in war college. Know your enemy. Know what they're going to do. Know what they're capable of. Know how they're going to execute it. So that when you see those signs coming, you can fight back. You can fight back. And we're going to find out how we fight back this morning. And then it says, And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat it, nor shall ye touch it. Did God say that? Okay. Lest ye die. Well, she had that part right. Here comes the serpent. It says, Serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. What are you kidding me? God just made you. Is he going to kill you? Or what? Why is he going to kill you? He just made you. You're his creation. For God doth know that in the day ye eat of thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Well, verse 6 says, And when the woman saw the food tree was good for food, the lust of the flesh, Nice, I like a nice red, juicy apple, especially this time of year. Okay, Brother Caleb, I don't know if you had any New England apples, but man, they're the best. Okay, you get to go up to the apple farms and pick them right off the trees. Just watch out for the yellow jackets. <laughs> but you know what? She saw it was good for food, the lust of the flesh, and it was pleasant to the eyes. Lust of the eyes. Okay. It looks good. It looks really good. It's nice and shiny. We all like shiny things. Women like shiny things, don't they? Okay. My wife cannot go to a fair and walk by a jewelry counter without stopping. Okay. Doesn't even matter what's there. She just can't do it. All you ladies are laughing because you know. Okay. Now, most of the time she doesn't buy anything. She's good, but she's got to look. She's got to stop. They like shiny things. Know? And she saw it was shiny. Okay? And a tree to be desired to make one wise. Pride of life. Man, if you just buy this car and park it in your driveway, you will be the talk of the neighborhood. Hogwash, as the old preacher used to say. Because you know what? Eventually that tree, that car is going to rust. And it's going to wear out. It's going to have... I got a little Toyota Yaris, 2017. It's got 360,000 miles on it. 
My wife keeps after me. When are you going to buy a new car? I said, what? What do you need a car for? It runs perfectly. It doesn't cost me too much money to run, 40 miles to the gallon. Okay? I don't need a new car to impress my neighbors. And, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But, you know, here is in, in perfect order the tools, the wiles of the devil, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we as Christians get tripped up over and over and over again. Think about this. Go with me to Matthew chapter 4. I hope I can find my place. I'm getting there, folks. Because even the Lord Jesus was tempted by the devil. But you know what the difference is? He succeeded. And here's the secret. The secret is written right here in this passage of Scripture. Because we're going to find that when Jesus was tempted, what did he do? quoted scripture he quoted scripture and we feel like we're getting in under the wiles of the devil and he's trying to deceive us a good way to prove that out is to get on your knees and quote scripture and pray and say God what will you have me to do I need a peace about this God will not fail you he'll give you a peace about it he'll lead you in the right direction but here we see, again, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It says in chapter 4, verse 1, Then was Jesus led up to, into the, of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. That was the purpose of him to go. That he had to pass the test. He had to do what we couldn't do as sinners. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights... He was afterward a hungered. I don't think I've ever gone 40 days and 40 nights without eating. Okay? I can't imagine how hungry you would be. But I can imagine that you would stop by the first Burger King and order one of each thing on the meal, on the menu. It says, and when he, when the, verse 3, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. See, he knew he was the Son of God. But he was trying to trip him up. And he was trying to get him to, to lean into the lust of the flesh. I'm hungry. I need something to eat. And the devil says, hey, you're the son of God. Remember? You're the big guy. Turn these stones into bread. What did Jesus do? Quote a scripture. He answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every Word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Okay, well, the devil failed that one, didn't he? See, Christ won, devil nothing. That's a good score. Let's see what happens going on. Verse 5, the devil taketh them up to a holy city 
and setted him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. See, you're invincible, aren't you? Lust of the flesh. We look at it and say, how foolish is the devil? Okay? He's trying to play to Jesus' lust of the flesh. Okay, you won't get hurt. You won't get hurt. Doing the same thing he did to Eve in the Garden of Eden. And what did Jesus say? It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Scripture. See? Here we go with the scripture again. The devil couldn't refute it. The devil knows the Bible just as good, if not better than you do. He knows all the tricks. Score, Jesus too, devil nothing. We got one more to go, prior to life. And he said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. He's desperate now. He's desperate. And saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and, only, and him only shalt thou serve. And the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Jesus wins. Three to nothing. It's a shutout. Why? Because he used scripture. He used scripture against the devil, and the devil can't stand that. You know, when you and I, many times in our lives, we don't think about scripture, we're in the middle of a situation. We have to train our minds to think every decision that we make in life, we have to make with prayer. We have to make with prayer. We have to, we have to get God's assurance that it's what he wants us to do. How many of you ever taken a job because they were going to give you a $4 an hour raise and you suddenly got into the job and said, man, this is not what I want. This is not what I was, this is not what I bought in for. Okay. Or you got that new car and you didn't pray about it. You know, it's funny guys. Okay. We got a habit of just kind of telling little tall tales and our wives are pretty smart. Okay. No ladies, I'm not pumping your heads up. Okay, but you know, I've many times when I've been going to do something and my wife will say, did you pray about it? Okay, man, those words just ring in my ears. Did you pray about it? Okay, and me as a guy will say, well, kind of, you know, kind of prayed about it. (laughs) You've done it before, brother, you know. (laughs) But you know what? Something happens after that. And you get that car and it turns out to be a lemon. Then you got to go through the lemon law and you got to try to get your money back and all these things happen because you didn't pray about it. Okay, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I've got five minutes left, six minutes left. So I'm going to finish with my illustration because this just blew me over. I had been preparing this sermon for, for the week that pastor had called me, not sermon, but Bible study. Um, for about a week after Pastor called me. 
and I got, I've been thinking about this for a long time because we don't know, in, in, the, in the modern day church, we don't know who our enemy is. We come to church, we dress right, we look right, we smile, we laugh, we say amen, okay? Of course, it's usually heartfelt, but we say amen, and we go out, we leave the church, and we go about our lives. Not knowing that the devil is right outside that door seeking whom he may devour. He wants to trip you up before you get out of the driveway. Okay, I've seen it happen so many times before. People get in arguments in the parking lot. Okay, didn't even get out of church yet. Well, you know, brother so-and-so cut me off. How dare he? Okay, don't even get out of the parking lot. The devil goes, I'm going to sow some seeds here. I'm going to take that word that pastor just preached, pull it right out of your head. You won't think about that for the next week. We, when my kids were young, we used to have a minivan, okay? That was the most depressing time of my life, driving a minivan, okay? And I'm glad I don't have to do it anymore. I've got grandkids, and they're going to want to go in a minivan, but no, not going to happen. But, you know, we'd get out of church every Sunday, and we'd tell the kids, they'd go to the church Sunday schools, and it was very similar to the message that the pastor preached, and we'd say, well, what did you learn today? And we talk about the service all the way home. Why? Because we wanted to get it into their heads, into their hearts, okay? That you need to take these things with you on a Sunday morning. You know, pastor preaches phenomenal services, some phenomenal messages. And I'm not just saying that to get on your good side. You do, okay? I've had a great respect for this man for many, many years, okay? And he knows the Bible better than I'll ever know it, okay? But you know what? If I don't take it into my heart and use it as a weapon against the devil, it does me no good. It's like taking a squirt gun to a shotgun fight. Okay? You're not going to win. You've got to have the right ammunition. You've got to have the word of God in your hearts. But you know, Friday, and we've been talking about this for quite a while, um, our home was built in 1958. So I'm actually older than our house. But I'm not going to tell you how much older. And when they built our house, they put on cedar shakes. Okay, which are nice looking when they're new. But when they get old, they crack in the sun. And they start to fade. And we found out recently that woodpeckers like to peck holes in them. You know, and it's, it is, it's crazy. I'm trying to take a nap on Sunday afternoon. Tick, 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 on the wall. And I'm pounding on the wall. Get out of the wall. Get off the wall, woodpecker. You know, but so we had to decide what we were going to do because we were either going to have to fix the woodpecker holes and stain or paint the house again. And we, we decided to entertain the thought of vinyl siding. So we, uh, we called somebody up and said, uh, um, we, we found this, this, I don't remember where, where we found him, but um, they called up and said, yeah, we'd love to come out and give you an estimate. Okay, and they were very professional, very professional. And so this guy comes out, he says, I'll be there Friday night at 6 o'clock, and it'll only take 90 minutes. I was like, hogwash. Okay, I never saw a salesman come in and take 90 minutes. But, okay, so we invited him in, and we got talking a little bit, and he was showing us, you know, they pull out all those big bags and show you their products and the house wrap and everything else. And they got their little book and they flip the pages and tell you why their product is better than anybody else's. 
And I got talking to this young man, and he was looking at some of the decorations in our house that we have in the kitchen. And he said, are you guys Christians? And I said, yeah. He said, I'm a Christian too. I go to Life Point Church in Agawam. I said, well, my daughter lives in Agawam. Really? Yeah, okay. So now we got a conversation going. Okay? And so we get to the price, and I almost went into cardiac arrest. But, you know, that was got a better deal. So if you do this, if you sign here today, I can give you this much money off of this whole job. Oh, man. Sounds too good to be true. Probably is. So that conversation went on for a little while, and the guy starts figuring it out. And then he says, um, we got this other program way. If you, if you let us advertise your house, okay, we'll give you $1,000 off. Maybe have you do a radio spot or something. I was like, well, that sounds like a pretty good deal, you know. So he calls up his boss to get approval. Now, here's where it gets good. Calls up his boss to get approval, and he tells him where we live. And he goes, hey, do you know the so-and-sos that live up the street? I said, yeah, we've known them for years. Oh, well, I'm about to marry their daughter, okay? Hey, hey, salesman guy, and I want you to tell you his name, okay? Let's, let's take this much more off. I want to make this work for these people, Okay? Too good to be true, right? So he gets all finished, and we find out what the price is going to be. And he says, you know, this is going to be really good for you folks, because you'll be able to pay this much a month for the next 15 years. And I went, wow, 15 years. So I'm this old, and when it's paid off, I'll be maybe not here, <laughs> maybe this old. And I'm thinking about it, and the guy goes, what do you think? And, of course, my wife and I look at each other because this is, again, too good to be true. And so we said, okay, well, you know, we'll go through with the, with the deal. And so we signed all the paperwork. And, of course, in the state of Connecticut, the only good thing the state of Connecticut's ever done is given you that three-day window where you can say no. Only good thing that the state has ever done. So we signed all the paperwork, and he left, and it was 9 o'clock, okay? That's the longest 90 minutes I ever spent in my life. So at 9 o'clock, he left, and my wife said to me, she said, Bob, i got to go to bed. I'm exhausted, because we're sitting there in the kitchen chairs. My back still hurts, okay? We're sitting in those kitchen chairs, okay? So she went to bed, and I sat there in my chair, and I just started thinking about things. And I started thinking about this message. I said, you idiot. I said that to myself. You idiot. Okay? The lust of the flesh. Oh, man. This is going to be great. I don't have to paint my house. I don't have to get up on ladders. The lust of the eyes. He had a, he had a 3D picture of the outside of my house with the new siding on it. Okay? Talk about fancy colors. This is what your house is going to look like. Okay, the lust of the eyes. Man, that's beautiful. Okay? The pride of life. What are my neighbors going to come drive by? Hey, look at their house. What a beautiful house. Okay? And I stopped and I thought about it and I thought about it and I prayed and I said, God, I, said, I don't want to get out of your will. Please, please, send me your Holy Spirit that I can discern whether or not this is your will. And immediately, Scripture started flooding into my head. Flooding into my head. 
And it got to a point after about 10 minutes where I said, I had enough, God. I picked up the phone and I called this gentleman up and I said, I'd like to cancel my contract. He said, that's the fastest cancellation I've ever had since I've been selling this stuff. He said, why? I said, because I didn't get a piece about it. I said, learn that in your Christian life. Because I stopped and thought about it afterwards. What are the consequences? Well, my wife and I have been trying to get out of debt for years, and we finally are. And I'm going to go back in debt at my age? Okay, not going to happen. Not going to happen. But see, the devil made it all look so good, didn't he? Okay, the guy's a Christian. His boss knows somebody I know. Okay, everything's just going to work out just superbly. But you know what? I'd have had to be thinking about that for the next 15 years, making that monthly payment, 15 years. I don't even have that long, long left on my mortgage. What do I want another mortgage for? And I called him up and I said, no, deal's off. And I sent my wife a text and went to bed. And I got up Saturday morning and she looked at me and she said, you knew. She goes, I was doing the same thing in bed for two hours. Wrestling with the Lord, saying, Lord, I don't get a piece about this. I don't get a piece about this. You know, God said he'll give you that peace that passes all understanding. But you have to beware of the wiles of the devil. Because he knows us. He knows me. He knows you. I remember when I started preaching in the prisons. I'd go there on a Saturday. And Pastor, I'll finish up with this. I'd get up in the morning. I'd put on my suit and my tie. And I'd walk in. And I'd walk in and look at myself in the mirror. And I'd say, you're only a sinner saved by grace. Nobody special. Just a man that God called to preach the word of God and teach the word of God. And I have to say that every time I stand in the pulpit. I'm only a sinner. No different than you are. No different than pastor is. Okay? They'll tell you the same thing. All right? We're no different. We still can be victims of the wiles of the devil. I hope you'll think about that this week. You'll pray about these scriptures. You'll go back and read them again. Okay? And know your enemy. Know your enemy. Don't let them trick you. Because the consequences can be deadly. They can be deadly. Or they can be devastating. They can ruin your relationship with God for the rest of your life. That closeness that you have with God now. Okay? Just like David may not be the same someday. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these examples in the Word of God. I pray that we would take them to heart, that we would ponder them in our hearts and in our minds, and to be aware of the wiles of the devil. He's looking around, Lord, as a lion seeking whom he may devour. He's not a, he's not a cartoon in a, a kid's book. He's real. And we have to realize that and understand his tricks. He's, he's a wily coyote. And we have to be aware of that. 